Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for November 28th, 2006. I'm your host, Pete Warner, and I'm joined today by Bob Varley, Kevin Close, and John Magi. In addition to the news this week, we're going to talk about some of the Christmas happenings currently going on at Walt Disney World. We'll also tell you some of the New Year's Eve events that will be happening around Orlando. Also, we made a little bit of a mistake last week, and as a result, we are going to give away another cruise this week. So be sure to stay tuned. Now, before I get started, I do want to mention that Corey and Julie are not here this week. They are on their way back from New Orleans for the holiday. He was originally going to drive home yesterday. And uh, I told him when we were out in California, I thought he was out of his mind uh, trying to navigate the traffic. I mean, they drove home. They drove back to New Orleans on Wednesday. And I think it took him like 14 hours to get there. He called me at 2 o'clock in the morning. He got there safe. But uh, I told him not to. Not to worry with the traffic. So they're, they're on their way back now, and they will be here next week. Now, uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, I want to go ahead and get this out of the way. Uh, we made, or I should say I made, an error last week in judging the finalists for our scavenger hunt. Uh, we asked a question regarding the dates you would need to travel in order to do the Grand Cayman Island tour. And I was looking for the sale dates, but I didn't word the question clearly enough. And as a result, some of you gave a much more direct answer, telling us what dates the ship would actually be docked in Grand Cayman. Uh, This was pointed out to me by a listener, Steve Meehan, in uh, Oakdale, New York. Thank you, Steve. And after I reviewed it, John and I discussed it, and we decided that it was only right for us to draw a second winner. Uh, There were about nine entries that were excluded because they answered the question based on when the ship would actually be in Grand Cayman. And the only way to be fair was to go ahead and add those nine back into the pile and uh, pull out another one. Uh, Of course, our winner from uh, last week, Richard Gillespie, still gets his cruise. But uh, we have chosen another name from from the remaining entries. And the winner of the the second winner of a four-night Disney Magic Cruise, courtesy of Dreams Unlimited Travel, will go to Salissa Wright. From Oakley, California. Yay! Congratulations, so, Alyssa. We um, we're, we're real wait a happy. minute. That's the second cruise I have to give away. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh yeah, man! I didn't know that's how oh, it worked. There you go. Um, but, Congratulations. Uh, now, nah, I mean, like I said, you know, it does Alyssa know she has to take me? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good. I mean, we, we we covered both coasts. I mean, we gave one out to somebody in New York, and we gave one out to oh, somebody in California. Florida was oh, our first one. Oh, Florida, Florida. That's, that's right. right. It was in Braden, Bradenton, Florida. So, Excellent. Well, those um, people in Oklahoma are going to be annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> so we covered the East Coast and the West Coast. Now we have to do some future future middle cruises to try and get you know people in the middle of the country. Uh, but Salissa Wright from Oakley, California. Congratulations! You are the second winner. For the Diz Unplugged Scavenger Hunt, you will get a four-night cruise courtesy of Dreams Unlimited Travel. And thanks very much, folks. Just wanted to make sure we got that out of the way before we went on to the news. And speaking of the news, let's go ahead and start that. Uh, The third most popular news story on the Diz this week, Universal Orlando is reporting increased profits but decreased attendance for the third quarter of this year, according to the Orlando Business Journal. Uh, Universal, Universal's tactic of convincing guests to spend more in, more money in the parks is working, as the resort posted a $30 million profit last quarter, and that's the second time this year they've done that. And they've been plagued by attendance problems since early 2005 when their attendance numbers plunged around 11%. And attendance was down last quarter by about 5.5%, so they are, they are getting people to spend more money in the parks, but they're not getting more people into the parks. 
among other things, Disney's new ticketing options, uh, and not to mention the Magic Your Way package and Expedition Everest over at Animal Kingdom, have managed to deliver, a, I think, a punch they've had trouble they've had trouble absorbing over there. The free dining thing too. The free dining, yeah, the, oh, yeah, those those packages. Free dining, lot. Magical Express, keeping the people on the property yeah. without a car. Yeah, I mean, that, wa- that all affects them. You're watching some of the most brilliant marketing. Uh, I think you'll find anywhere in action on Disney's part, and it's having a very real impact for it to have this kind of double-digit impact on on Universal is is pretty substantial. So, um, they're uh, but they're saying that you know their attendance numbers so far this quarter are looking better, but some of the projections have uh, have them down fifteen percent next year. That they should be prepped for a fifteen percent drop. There's no. It doesn't look like it's going to turn around. So. I've mentioned this before. My opinion is is that they're not bringing in new and exciting stuff. Yep. Once you've been to Islands of Adventure, once you once you've been to the other park, you know you got to keep bringing in that great new ride, that next new attraction, and and bring new fresh people in. Yeah, you absolutely do. I mean, I just read that Universal's canceling the Grimmage. Uh, Christmas Grinchmas. thing. Grinchmas. The Grimmage? The Grimmage. <laughs> what is the Grimmage? Is that like a manwich? No, that was, that was what, that was, those were the Christmas characters Bob grew up with. <laughs> they couldn't afford the Grinch. They had the Grimmage. Grimmage. But they canceled the show. Here's Budolf. It's like a, for this year. And it's like going to Old Town and telling your kids you're at Disney World. Oh, God. <laughs> They're canceling the entire Grimmage show. Grinchmas. Grinchmas. I just wanted him to say it again. That's unbelievable. I thought that was very popular. It was. And what they said was they're adding to the Macy's parade. They're adding extra characters or whatever. But that was was a thing I went over to Universal to see. I I missed it last year. I didn't get a chance to go see it. Yeah. It was pretty cool for the kids. Yeah. Well, I mean, you think it's a good good match with Seuss Landing, but But I'm surprised. It's gone. See you later, Grimmage. Yeah, I mean, that's some of the stuff. Uh, see you later, Grimmage. <laughs> also, I, well, we'll get to this later. That needs a translator. But I'll, I'll, I'll talk more about this later, but we actually have video of, uh, oh, of, no. of Bob dancing. Oh, that's dancing to Christmas was Dancing to Christmas music in the park last night. Dancing with the stars. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be on that show. Yeah. That was my audition dancing, It was tape. dancing with something. I don't know if it was stars <laughs> or not, but it was dancing with something. I was doing my audition tape. All right. Well, we'll we'll talk more about that later. Let's get back. Let's make sure we get back to the news. Uh, Second most popular news story this week. uh, The Golf Channel is reporting that Tiger Woods is going to sign on with Disney as a company spokesman. That will include doing commercials, merchandise endorsements, and some type of interaction with ESPN, which I guess makes sense. Woods is, of course, a spokesman for everything. Yeah. Now, last year, he earned a reported $50 million in endorsement deals. He does a good job. Now, the story did not say how much Woods would be getting paid uh, to shill for Disney, but um, he is now uh, he is now the new, I guess, going to be the new spokesperson for Disney, which should be interesting. Well, yeah. He's got that squeaky clean image. Yeah, he's, he's got a very clean image. He's got a very, well, he's, he seems he like looks, a nice guy. I mean, He seems like a good match, too. He lives, he lives around here. I, there are people that know him from yeah. around here. We've always heard good things about him, so yeah, good for him. You know, honest buck. Maybe a lot of them, but it's an honest buck. And the most popular news story this week, not such, a, not such good news for those of you traveling uh, this, this uh, holiday season. The holiday airfares, according to the Washington Post, are dramatically increased this year over last year. As a matter of fact, the average cost of an airline ticket to any of the warm weather destinations in the U.S. was up 15% this Thanksgiving hmm. for the holiday peri- over the holiday period last year. 
so, and they are expecting that to continue, even though uh, they're expecting about a 5% increase in the number of ticketed passengers between now and Christmas. Uh, airlines have cut back the number of flights. They're not adding new, new flights to meet the demand. That's one of the reasons some of the lines you're seeing right now are, are longer than they have been in years past. The airlines are trying to soak as much as many dollars as they can out of each one of these uh, these flights that they send out, which I guess I can't blame them for, but you take a look at the difference in the cost of a, a ticket uh, in, according to the story. Hold on, let me find it here. Um, it was it was really it was dramatic. The cost of a uh, a ticket leaving Washington's Reagan National Airport going to Orlando that leaves uh, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving and returns the Sunday after will cost about $426 round trip. Wow. That's not really a fair comparison. We have a relative coming in from Newark mm-hmm. this evening, and we paid $240. Well, actually, the story does go on to say that uh, the, uh, the same ticket a week later, traveling a week later, was 200 and, 200 and change. You so. know, it, it's like everything else. This is the, the time right. where people are going to travel. They're going to want to see family. They're going to want to go on a, a quickie vacation. So the airlines are going to squeeze yeah, well, every penny out of you. Saying, they well, they're saying if you have not booked your holiday travel by now, expect to either not find a de- not find anything uh, anything going where you want to go or the prices are going to be substantially higher. I find that you really, really have to be diligent. I have found that if you call an airline... First of all, they'll give you the whole, you know, pre-talking to a live human being. You have to go through 400 prompts before you ever get to somebody. And one of the ones they tell you is that you can often find lower airfares on, online. Yeah. And I have to tell you, if you're diligent, I use all of the other, the, the wholesalers, mm-hmm. things like that. Then you call back the airline that you want and you try and talk them into giving you that airfare. You really have to be diligent. I found that calling the airline within the same day, multiple times within the same day, gets you multiple fares. Oh, yeah. It, it really changes from minute to minute. We have some great tips on the website. I thought I was being fairly diligent uh, looking for airfare when I was taking the team out to California last week uh, or the week before. And I got to tell you, I'm shocked at the difference in airfares between what I paid going out in September when we were out there for a conference and what I paid in November. It was about $70 more per person. And, you know, I had five people. And, I, and, that, was, and that was after I hunted. I mean, the, the average rate I was coming up with to go, to go round trip out to California was about uh, 350 to $400, which I rarely see. Usually from Orlando, I can get a direct flight to L.A. for $250, tops. And so to see them as high as they were, and this was at various periods. I was looking at different weeks from the early part of November right up to Thanksgiving and not even traveling Thanksgiving week, and this was these were the rates. And that was up substantially from, and I, I noticed because I, I like to fly JetBlue, and a couple of the routes that I will fly JetBlue into California were not available anymore. One of the things that we find is if you're willing to move your uh, dates, oh, yeah. even by as much as a day, I, I, it was more expensive for um, our relative to come in yesterday on a Sunday, which would have been more convenient for everybody, but it was substantially more expensive to fly into Orlando on that Sunday than it was to fly in on Monday. Mm-hmm. I think we saved about $125. Well, I, I will say one of the services on the web that I use religiously when I'm looking for airfares, even though it's got some... You know, a little too much advertising attached to it is Sidestep, sidestep.com. That, that searches several different online sites 
uh, including the, the ones that Travelocity and Expedia cover, but and, and and many that they don't. And you can sometimes find some very good fares. I just find it a good baseline to go in there first. Let me see what they're coming up with on all these different airlines. So I have an idea of what I'm looking at, play around with dates, and then I'll go to the individual airlines and see what there's on their websites and then call them and, you know. I use Orbitz. I will also say this is uh, if you're going to use any of these third-party folks, make sure you check out their terms and conditions really carefully. Exactly. You, they're going to have stricter uh, cancellation policies. There might be fees attached. There are always, if you are not going directly through the airline, you are going to pay a surcharge because airlines no longer pay commissions to travel agents of any stripe or color uh, on airfares anymore. So what happens is is when you book through Orbit, so you book through Travelocity, your airfare anyway, what you end up getting is that service fee that may be anywhere from 5 to 15 to $25, depending on which, uh, which airline you're going with. That is their replacement for losing the commission. That's where they're making their money. One of the other things that you have to keep in mind is that when you call the airline, you're usually given an all-inclusive price. You're paying. That price includes all taxes, surcharges, fees, everything. I found that if you use the wholesalers, the online wholesalers, Orbitz, Travelocity, they'll give you a really low ball price. And until you start to go to pay for it, you realize that you, this didn't include all those fees. Right. So you're adding an extra $25, $30 to the price of the ticket. So it's something to keep in mind. Again, we purchased this ticket through Orbitz because it was the lowest price. I couldn't even get it through the airline. But you really have to be careful. And remember, when you book those with Orbitz or Travelocity, you cannot go through the airline to make changes. You must go through Orbitz or Travelocity. And depending, I'm not saying anything about their service. I've n- I have never used their service, so I can't comment. But usually when you add a, another layer of person into the uh, customer service mix, it usually makes it worse, not better, in my opinion. But I apologize. I don't keep t- meaning to add no, one more right. point. Sure. But something that we found out, if you're booking your ticket far in advance, if you book your ticket directly through the airline and sometime between now and your point of departure, you find that there's a better price, the airline will almost always honor that better price and refund the overage on your ticket. Oh. The wholesalers online do not. I called Orbitz's customer service line and was told that it matters not what the difference in price is. If the airfare goes down, once you purchase a ticket, it's yours. The only way to do it then is to cancel that ticket. They'll give you that amount of credit towards another purchase and rebook another ticket at the lower price. And I don't know about you, but I don't always have money to rebook my airfare and there's, sit on one so. exactly there's got to be a fee with that too but, i didn't get into that yeah. i just well yeah those of so those of you who are going to be uh, traveling or looking to travel if you have not booked your airfare already uh for the holiday for the holiday season and you're coming down here at least you, fire up the cadillac you might want to uh, well fire something up because it's going to cost you cost you more this year than it did last year and that is going to do it for us in the news this week and moving on to discuss uh What's going on around town in in terms of Christmas? Uh, we were over. We've all been over to see the uh, Osborne family spectacle of lights over at MGM. Uh, John and Kevin were there last week. Bob and I were there last night. Yes, we were. And uh, we have some observations. Uh, but I'm going ahead and go ahead and let you guys share some of what your thoughts on the on this year's show is. I personally think they were fantastic. I think that. Uh, in years past, I was bored. You walked down there, there was snow coming down, the lights were lit, it was pretty, and then you sort of left. Um, and then what happens is, when you live here, you have to sort of entertain your guests 
and you bring you wind up bringing them back there, and you're standing around going, "Okay, I'm bored out of my mind." We are so jaded. We are very we jaded. Are very jaded. Yeah. But I thought that the changes that this new dancing spectacle of lights, where they have timed the lights to songs, probably what is it like every 15 minutes? 10, 15 minutes. 10, 15 yeah. minutes. Yeah, if you like the Trans Siberian Orchestra, you'll love the music because I think that's all they used was Trans Siberian Orchestra pieces. Oh, I love that piece. It is. It's beautiful. They're great. And not only did I like the fact that the the lights danced and and everything was timed to the music, but I think they did a really good job of highlighting the architecture of the buildings. For example, there's a building with pillars. So the pillar was green. The cap on the pillar was white. The background was blue. And then each set of lights danced or blinked corresponding to where it was on the architecture of the building. It was just wasn't. I expected it to be like, okay, now this building will go off, and another building will go off. And I thought it was very, very detailed. It was much more intricate than that. Now, to give a a, a visual, well, first of all, um, I have, uh, I think, some pretty good video going up uh, with this show uh, of the Osborne Family Lights. Took uh, took it from many angles. Bob and I shot from many angles last night to make sure we got a good version. Stayed there for two hours shooting. But if you haven't, if you if you're not familiar with what we're talking about, last year uh, there was a very popular viral video going around the internet. Uh, there was this guy's house that was, you know, the lights were were, you know, dancing to the music, time to the music, and I think it was Mad Russian Christmas, Mad Russian's Christmas yeah. from a Trans Siberian Orchestra that he used as his music, and it was very dramatic and it was very cool, and everybody who looked at it was like, wow. So Disney kind of ripped a page out of that book and decided to turn New York Street into the same thing. So they have all the Osborne lights up now that there's no backlot area to decorate. And uh, they've done this on New York Street and have done all these dancing lights. The other thing they've done is they've kicked up the snowfall Mm -hmm. so that instead of that flurry effect... You have the the full scale blizzard effect. Yeah, and it's yeah. annoying. It's just as annoying when like <laughs> snow is like hitting you on the face, and you're like, oh. And you said, now clear. it's soap. You know, I and thought it was great. I thought it, it was is really cute. It looks very pretty. Would you have liked it better if it was moisturizer? <laughs> I what I thought was I'd have liked it better if it didn't get getting onto the camera lens. Yeah, that oh, was, that's, that's that was bad. <laughs> that's a pain in the neck. And you're pointing it. When we went a couple of weeks ago, the t- we were in a, a cold snap here in Florida. It was actually down to like 50 degrees. So it really had a. And that's when we start. It yeah, was, yeah, yeah, we start rolling the homeless in off the street when it hits fifty. <laughs> Wearing gloves, at pack up degrees. the babies and grab the old ladies. It's going to be fifty tonight. <laughs> so it had that whole Christmas feel between the lights and the snow. I thought it was wonderful. Uh, yeah. Now I have to tell you, getting back, I hear this all the time from my friends up north. Ooh, it went to fifty. I have to tell you, last week it went to thirty-four here in Orlando, and in upstate New York. It was 46. Well, we had flurries. We had flurries it last week. It snowed last week. In Daytona. Yeah. Which is unbelievable. But I don't go out of the house if it snows. In, they closed in the city. schools. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, he's been joking. They really didn't. But. I have to tell you, I, I thought the best spot to view the Osborne Lights was down by the, uh, the board where you got the view of California, the hill way down on the side street there. There's a view of California on New York yeah. Street. There is. It's a view of. Oh yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah. Oh, I see. Oh, that's right. That's right. right. That's right. Right I down know what the you're end, about. you right. got the arch with all the red lights, and they all are synchronized with everything else. And right. If you stand down the end there, to those of you who don't speak Boston, that was an arch. Arch. Yeah. Oh god. But <laughs> that's the place. That's where the see, Beauty and the Beast theater used to be. Right. You can see where the tree kind of fluctuates from on to off and. 
you get a good view from there. What I thought was great was we walked down the street. And it went off twice as we walked down the street, and you walk kind of around back. And each place you went was a different view. Right. Yeah. It was a different experience. So I don't. I would never recommend anybody. Okay, rush to this spot and, and experience from there. Just meander down the street and enjoy it all. Well, I I got to tell you, I um, I tried, I tried not to go in with a preconceived notion. And I'll say this: the Osborne lights, the dancing lights, brilliant, gorgeous, well done. Put a lot of time and effort and creativity and thought and detail into everything they did with it. Can't give them high enough marks. What the hell happened to the rest of the park? That's a different story. Completely. Okay. <laughs> now, here's what I don't get. You put up three million Christmas lights. Five. Five million Christmas lights in a two-block area of your park. And the, rest, and the rest of your decorating around the park consists of throwing crap up on light posts. And, and considering the park decorated for Christmas, you've got every light post in different areas have, like, like on the main drag, the light posts are the Christmas tree light posts. So they have little Christmas trees on them. And then going down the shooting uh, stars. going down uh, Hollywood Boulevard, it's, uh, it's uh, the twinkling stars. And then over by the lagoon, it's the shooting stars. And then you have some poinsettias thrown in. And that's it. There's your Christmas decorations. They actually did a nice job with the store windows on... They did a very nice job with the store windows, but... That's not enough. Well, it, it really isn't. It really isn't when you think of what... If you had been out in Disneyland last week with us and saw what they did to that park... Because I, I have never once... You have, John has known me for many, many years. Have you ever heard me complain about the Christmas decorations, really? No. The only reason this is bothering me is because it was so evident out in Disneyland how much attention and passion was paid to decorating every area appropriately. They never went over the top, but you knew it was decorated for Christmas. It wasn't just, we're going to string something across the main drag, put some things in the light post, throw a couple of poinsettias around, and now it's Christmas, which which is what these guys did. To play devil's advocate, though, both of those parks fit in Epcot. Okay. I'm not sure what the... There's two parks that would fit in Epcot. In California. There's four parks here, and how okay. many hotels, and how many water parks. And, so how, many, and, and how, how many more guests, and how much more money, and how much more resources. And let, let, let's face it, it's all, it's all scale. It's all scale. So you explain to me why the smaller park out in California, why the smallest park we have here at least, that has all those lights in it, can't be decorated just with a little bit more. Oh, I agree with you a there. A little bit more, a little bit more passion. I'm not saying we need to like, you know, make make everything gaudy. But the what Christmas I liked, tree out front was horrible. What I loved about Disneyland was that each area, it was the right Christmas decorations, the right amount of them, the right use of them, the right type, and it just added. This, you, you knew they. It's like they cared about their house. They decorated their house nice for Christmas. MGM didn't. MGM put all the money, all the effort, and all the creativity into Osborne. Great. What about the rest of the park? This is what I get tired of. This is lazy. This is because we have lots and lots of people. We know people are going to show up. This is the minimum amount we have to do to be Disney. Where's the above and beyond? Where's the above and beyond? And it's not in the parks anywhere. You find, and, and, and this, the Osborne lights, really and truly, the only thing you can experience at Disney World for Christmas without having to pay extra. If you want to do the candlelight processional, unless you feel like waiting online for three and a half hours to get into it, you've got to buy the candlelight processional dinner package. 
So right there, you're going to set yourself back $100 for two people if you want to go see the candlelight procession. And that doesn't stop you from waiting in line. Uh, well, waiting in line for three and a half hours for the 20% of the seats that they'll actually give to people that didn't buy the packages. You Most still of have those to seats, wait in line two hours. Well, if, if you have the pa- no, if you have the package though, you have a you have a guaranteed seat. But if you want to get a decent seat, you've still got. Well, if you want to get a decent seat, but I'm saying to even get, I'm just saying to even get in to see it, yeah. to to sit to see it. If you don't buy that package, your chances of getting it to see it are substantially, substantially reduced. Why should we have to pay extra necessarily for all this stuff? Everything that Disneyland did for Christmas, including. You know, redoing the Haunted Mansion completely for Christmas. Redoing uh, It's a Small World completely for Christmas. I didn't have to pay extra for any of that. That was part and parcel. I have to agree with that. I mean, Disney World, I think, should step it up and do the same thing with the Haunted Mansion that they do uh, out in California. And they should do the same thing for the It's a Small World. There was just that sense of... Those two things, I felt... They seem to take more pride in it out there. They took more. The rest of the park seemed to be, you know, out here seemed to be decorated by a playbook. Put this up here. Put that up here. This is all we're doing. We're going to decorate a few windows, but it's 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 very cold and calculated. As opposed to Disneyland, it looks like there was a designer who actually spent time figuring out how this stuff should look. I mean, on the other hand, though, I think Disneyland should expand their candlelight processional. They only do. I think it's. Two shows, uh, right? Only two. But if I'm not mistaken, nights. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but if I'm not mistaken, also you don't have to buy a dinner package to see it. No, but they, you will eventually. It's, it's going to be one of those things that, like everything else, it's going to get more and more popular. There'll have more and more shows. You'll have to have a package to get to see it. On the busier nights, you have to wait in those lines. But we've walked in and seen the candlelight processional and gotten a seat without paying for a package or waiting in that long a line. It depends on when you go. I mean, for all intents and purposes, and I agree you have to wait in line, it doesn't cost anything to see the candlelight processional. If you want to guarantee a good seat, you buy the package. If you want a good seat, if you're there close to a holiday and if you want to go when it's dark. Or if you're willing it, to go during the day, you can pretty much get in. Right. Or if it's somebody sure. who's extremely popular to go see. Yeah. Yes. But back to MGM. I, I agree. I thought MGM's, the rest of their lights were sad. However, is that by design? Is that to say, you know what, we're going to put our energy into the Osborne Lights. That's the attraction. Get everybody back to that back end of the park. I would say that if the rest of the parks put effort into their Christmas decorations. Now, see, I haven't been yet, so I, can't, I haven't been to no, Neither Magic have Kingdom I. Yet. I'm, just, I'm basing it on years past that yeah. there's always been a kind of dearth of Christmas decorations in the parks, I, I thought. but um, I can't make that decision yet however, this year. Each, I, haven't been. I have to say, we took a tour of the uh, Christmas warehouse this past summer on the Backstage Magic Tour, and each hotel has individually themed Christmas decorations, specifically built and designed for those hotels. If you go to the Beach Club, there's little glittery sand dollars and little glittery seashells and things like that. And if you go to Port Orleans Dixie Landings, it's not called that. (laughs) Port Orleans Riverside. Riverside. I'm old. What can I tell you? It's always going to be Dixie Landings as far as I'm concerned. It's all done with red and white gingham and raffia and magnolia blossoms, which is, whether it's your taste or not, it's themed appropriately to that resort. So, again, I'm playing devil's advocate. Right. Well, again, the the resorts, I think, are one thing, and that's, you know, there's one thing for the resorts. I'm talking more of the theme parks and what they, kind of what they put into the theme parks. Yeah, the deluxe resorts in particular do a magnificent job usually every year. 
You could run those beautiful displays in the lobby. Uh, that's a whole different thing. That's a lot of effort and energy that goes into that. And there is a lot of creativity put into how the resorts are done, and each resort is different. And I think each theme park should be the same, that every, every land, I mean, they take so much pride. Disney takes so much pride in making sure that their themed areas are so detailed in every respect that why is it, why does a different set of rules appear to apply when it comes to Christmas decorating or decorating for the holidays? Why isn't the same detail? And no one can tell me that it is. No one can tell me that the decorations that were sitting around MGM last night in every area except uh, the Osborne Lights was appropriately themed for its area. It was a gen- They are generic. Uh, they are repetitive. They sh- it's not creative. It's not something different. It does not, to me anyway, I don't walk through there and go, wow, the wonder of Christmas. I go, okay, somebody just put the lights up. Uh, it just doesn't seem to be any passion. And that was the difference I saw between Disneyland and at least MGM. Like I said, I haven't gone to the other parks yet this year. Um, or, well, for, for the holidays this year, I'm going to be getting out tomorrow to hit some more parks and take some video in the resorts and see what they're doing. But nonetheless, you know, just speaking from MGM, I mean, it's blatantly obvious that the rest of the park, there are areas in that park, if you didn't know it was Christmas time, there was nothing in, nothing in those areas to remind you. I mean, I think Epcot does a good job. They have the arch that uh, responds to the music. I always enjoy just sitting Epcot there. Epcot does a better job because the countries are right. are, are decorated. And they have the, the different Santas from different countries and the traditions of the countries there. And I, I really believe you get the atmosphere of a Christmas spirit over in Epcot. You know, MGM, I agree. You know, Main Street was kind of sad, but... I can't talk enough about the Osborne lights. The Osborne lights lights are wonderful, and and everybody, anybody should go and see them. Uh, But I would just say, you know, keep in mind that the rest of the park really suffers by comparison. One of my complaints about that park was that the the decorations seem dated. There's a tree as you enter the park before you get to the turnstiles, actually before you get to the security checkpoint. And they have got these... Santa mask decorations that, first of all, look like they've been around since I the fifties. The fifties, and they're just scary. They look like something you'd wear at Halloween to scare kids. <laughs> yeah. I tried getting a picture of that last Did you? night. Oh my word! Didn't work. It was so dark. And the rest of the tree is it. sad, and it's just so. It's kind of like, and and again, you talk about theming. So maybe in an area where we're supposed to have a throwback a 50s-themed tree would be appropriate, but this is before you enter the park. So you think that they would do something that would be uh, studios-specific right. on their tree. Well, John, you also had some uh, stuff going on around town for New Year's New Year's Eve. Yeah, we don't and want to forget have, about New Year's. I haven't, made, sure. I haven't made my plans yet, so... No, it's seriously, I, I, I'm, no, I'm so sick and tired of, like, watching television on New Year's Eve. I want to go, actually, go out and do something. Are you? And I haven't, I haven't really looked, so I'm, I'm anxious to hear what you have to do. The uh, last time we went out on New Year's Eve, we went to Pleasure Island and saw Cindy Lauper perform. And it's funny that you should say that. Guess where she's going to be this year? She is going to be. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. I've got to tell you, still love her, though. Cindy obviously likes her theme parks at Christmas. She does. But what I was going to say was she was fantastic. We had a great time. However, it took us like two hours to get out of the parking lot yeah. of City Walk. So... We're sort of homebodies on New Year's Eve just because we don't want to fight those crowds. And not being huge drinkers, it was all about drinking and jostling for position and 
it just was. Well, I'm thinking about getting a, uh, just because I don't like dealing with the, the drivers on the road, I'm thinking about getting a hotel room. I'm thinking maybe Swan Dolphin if there's anything available still. Is there one? Do they still have stuff on New Year's I Eve? I can work out something for you, yeah. I, well, there is still availability. Available, but there is yeah. availability. They have availability. I guess I'm right. I'm just a homebody. I think of all of the comforts that I have at home. And the idea of going to stay in a hotel, I start thinking, well, I don't have this, and I don't have that. Yeah, and well, I just, just, I mean, for a night, for you know, over New Year's Eve, uh, for a night where I don't have to deal with the insane people. The That's am- the best it's, thing. Because it's, get amateur, a hotel it's amateur hour, so you get yeah. a hotel room. And- um, as we mentioned, Cindy Lauper is going to be at Universal's uh, Turn on the Night New Year's Eve party at City Walk. Um, she's going to be performing with Tower of Power. Ooh. Oh. Another group from the 60s is, and 70s. Is it? Is? I've never know. heard of them. Uh, tickets are going to be $109. Um, there's going to be a champagne toast, and uh, you have to be 21 years of age or older to attend that. Um, SeaWorld is going to be Are heavy. they feeding you for $109 no, a head? No, it's just going to be, they're going to give you champagne. They'll, I'm sure there'll be little hors d'oeuvre things. Yeah, I would imagine. I hope so. I'm guessing. As I say, I don't think so. Actually, you know what? There actually is. There's going to be some buffet food available as well as fireworks and, and different stuff and champagne toast. So. Yeah, I was going to say, they, for $100, I mean, at the risk of sounding like a crotchety old man, you know, $100 are going to feed me. Well, I think any time that level of alcohol is served, I think there's some responsibility to make sure that there's some food served yeah, can you well. imagine? Um, if you're not into doing the whole city walk thing and, and participating in that party, the both parks, Islands of Adventure and Universal Studios, will both be open until 1 a.m. Uh, for New Year's oh, Eve. Oh, so you can have lots of drunk people on the Hulk. Ooh. <laughs> 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 Although it would be kind of cool to be on that ride or ride like that just at midnight as the fireworks are going off. That would be kind of neat. I've got to tell you, I've been in the parks on New Year's Eve, and while it's very crowded, it's a very festive atmosphere. I've never done a theme park on New Year's Eve. Just the crowds alone frighten me. The Magic Kingdom becomes very, very, very congested if you're not looking for that level of congestion. Some place like Epcot absorbs a whole lot more people. And all of the different uh, countries celebrate New Year's Eve in a Yeah, but you way. have to be in Epcot. Don't you have to be in these parks on New Year's Eve by, like, noon? Usually the Magic Kingdom Magic you do. Magic Kingdom, don't leave once you get there. Right. Pack a bag, put it in the locker, change your clothes. Get a locker early. Yeah, yeah. get a locker early. It, for the Millennium Celebration, Epcot did close at, at like, 10 or 11 a.m. But I don't think that's you, the case anymore. I, I think, think that was a one-shot yeah, deal. Yeah, for the Millennium, yeah. Right. Uh, Magic Kingdom, on the other hand, does sell out fairly early. Yeah. SeaWorld is having a jazz party, um, and they're going to be having a music by Michael Andrew and his 16-piece Atomic Big Band. Um, Just so you know, Michael Andrew is a local celebrity. He's the leader of the band Swingerhead. It's a sort of retro big band thing. So Michael Andrews, excuse me, Michael Andrews is a local. Oh, really? Yeah, he's very, very popular. Michael Andrews have you is a heard swinger. Him? I have. He's very good. Oh, okay. He's got that sort of big band look about him. He's a young guy, but he's got that sort of whole swing I love swing that music. Thing. I love that big You would band really enjoy music. him. I've never heard anybody say anything bad about him. And he's at SeaWorld. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, that might be a place to go. That might be kind of cool, doing SeaWorld. Yeah. But what's what's my option hotel-wise? It's just that... Uh, Vistana that Villages. Oh, the Vistana Villages is over right there. down yeah. the street. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Maybe he'll do that. Um, He's going to be playing until midnight, and then there'll be fireworks. Uh, The parks will be open until midnight that evening as well. Pleasure Island is going to be having... uh, I'm sorry. John's like yelling at us now. Pleasure Island is going to be having... (laughs) Listen to me. 
Pleasure Island's going to have their uh, uh, live music as well. They don't have any um, stage. Any stage. That's true. They don't have any stage anymore. They haven't listed who the performers are. What's weird is we were over at Pleasure Island for the Festival of the Masters, and I was surprised that now there's that bridge that goes down to City Walk. That was okay. surprising okay, to me. Okay, stop. Let's go back a second. City Walk, is it universal? Oh. It's not that big a bridge. <laughs> it goes down to downtown Disney. Okay, let's start over. It goes down to the west side. <laughs> it goes somewhere. There's a bridge. It goes somewhere, and John was surprised to see it. I was surprised to see. We it. have ascertained these facts from this uh, from this exchange. Kevin, there, leave John alone. There's really? a bridge. He's reading. Any event, there's you don't no, have any papers with you this week. There's no lineup, so we don't know what, what's going to be out there yet. But the cost is going to be uh, eighty nine dollars per person. But as Bob pointed out, that there's no stage. They've taken the West End stage down. Where, what are they going to do? There is to, that stage that's. Um, by that beach, yeah, oh, yeah. That tiny little, that, oh, a little yeah. stage. I got to tell you, Pleasure Island's under construction. Too. Yeah, I'm, I, I, unless they're having men the at work, I, I want to go. Maybe they'll be on the bridge to nowhere. It seems <laughs> the, to be the bridge to City Walk. <laughs> <laughs> that should cut down traffic. It's the Seven Mile Bridge. <laughs> Overland. Leave, leave John alone. <laughs> Make sure you get gas you people, before you go over. <laughs> yeah, you people didn't know there was a bridge going from Pleasure Island to City Walk. <laughs> you see, you listen to our podcast, you learn so many things. Oh, boy, we are really just piling you on him. Really piling Let on him me. leave him alone. Let him finish. Uh, Downtown Disney Cirque du Soleil is going to have a New Year's Eve package performance of mm-hmm. La Nuba. Prices range from $87 to $136 for adults. Pretense and alcohol. What a wonderful combination for New Year's Eve. Crazy clowns. They usually have that party out behind, a cocktail party. Don't you remember during the millennium that the fireworks barge tipped over and the fireworks shot into the crowd? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. That's, no, that's That's not funny, not but funny. that's it's true, too. They had a cocktail party out behind the theater. I remember that. And the barge. There were fireworks out on <laughs> You're kidding. that canal. And the, the barge tipped over and shot the fireworks. <laughs> Was anybody hurt? Minorly. I don't. Oh, okay. That's I why they to... don't do fireworks anymore at downtown Disney? I th- well, I don't well, know. the scary clowns get their hands on any yeah. fireworks, run for the hills. I am a Cirque du Soleil fan. I think it's probably the best $125 you can spend here in Orlando. And I hear everyone say that. One I, of I, our I, content people, Regina, she likes those clowns. Oh, yeah. The Regina, scary clowns. Regina, Regina hates the scary clowns. As, as far as Cirque du Soleil goes, we have the best show. And I know we're probably here from all the people in Canada who go, no, you don't. I think Orlando has the best Cirque du Soleil show available. I've seen all the PBS specials. And seen and several of them. Yeah, the other scene. I I paid two hundred dollars to see. Oh, oh, and went. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I think the other ones are sleepers, really. Yeah, well, I'm not a big fan of any of them. So, and then uh, of course Disney's theme parks, Epcot, Disney MGM Studios, and the Magic Kingdom will all be open until midnight on New Year's Eve, and we'll all have special fireworks shows. And and those fireworks are the best. Yeah, they do some spectacular. Between that, that and. Fourth of I don't July. think anybody. Honestly, I don't think between Universal, SeaWorld, or Disney, I don't think anybody does bad fireworks on New Year's Eve. Yeah, no. Because um, I remember, I mean, the place, the place we used to live in in uh, in Orlando, down different part of town, uh, used to be able from our backyard. Is there a bridge to there? No, there's no bridge there. But from our backyard, we were able to see the Universal mm-hmm. fireworks, the SeaWorld fireworks, um, and did some. Always, even from that distance, they were, did, did a great. Yeah. Uh, but they do a, did a great job. Magic Kingdom has the holiday fireworks, and they do the fireworks around 
the uh, perimeter of the park. I understood they weren't going to do that this year. It was only going to be 180 degrees, not the full 360 like they used to do. Uh, Maybe. No, I don't know. I haven't heard. I'll have to go and see. Well, so that's uh, that's what's going to be going on around Orlando. One more tip. You can see the fireworks on the 30th also at the Magic Kingdom. They do oh, do a test. They do they a do test, a test on the thirtieth. Yeah, go. Oh, that's good to know. Do they so, do it at midnight, or do you have to? Is it the uh, regular nine the, o'clock? Whatever the time for it is. Gotcha. All right, folks. That is going to actually uh, do it for us this week. Uh, next week, we're going to talk some more about some uh, the other things going on around Orlando for Christmas, and we'll bring you that. Uh, Just before we say goodbye, I want to remind everybody that Adventures by Disney's early booking discount ends this Saturday. I have to tell you, a lot of their adventures, the early booking discount is already sold out. However, if you're interested in going, now is the time. There are some awesome, awesome opportunities out there to save a couple hundred bucks. I booked one for a woman this morning, and on a party of four, her family saved uh, $2,000 off the cost of their vacation. Wow. That's a nice, healthy chunk. I mean, that pays for some, you know, tourist tchotchkes. So... It's definitely a good deal, and there's some great adventures out there. I can't believe everybody doesn't want to go to Austria and Vienna and Prague. No. So call, no. let me know. You can reach me at abd at wdwinfo.com or go on the Diz and look for the Adventures by Disney board. All right. And that is going to do it for us this week, folks. We will be back uh, next Tuesday with our show, and we will be discussing some more about uh, what, go, what what's going on around Orlando for Christmas, and we are going to give away some more stuff next week, so be sure to tune in. So for everyone here, we'll see you next Tuesday.